we're really, we're, we're starting something, but at the same time, we're not starting something new, okay? We talked on Wednesday about uh, really four core principles of really our community here at the Clemson Foothills Church. Um, and I want to be just very clear about this is, is um, you, you could put any number of different words in there, okay, when it comes to like core values of a group of people that come together, okay? But these Please keep in mind, these aren't arbitrary. These aren't one of those things where you can go, oh, but there's three other ones that you could really do, and that would be the same thing, is the four values, they're core values, not just for us, they're core biblical values, all right? And so when we look at these, these four values of being saturated in the gospel, of having unconditional discipleship, devoted community, and passionate disciple-makers, I, I really, I, I don't know what other churches teach about these things, okay? But I don't know how you could ever convince somebody, you could convince Jesus that one of these could not be your core value and you're still a follower of his. I, I don't know what part you could sit down and go, Jesus, yeah, I don't, that's saturated by the gospel thing. I don't like that. But I'll follow you wherever you go. That, that devoted community thing, the devoted community one, you want to know what happens? Is, do you ever get that feeling? And I hope you do. I, I, like my desert times, a lot of times, what Liz brought up, which I thought was so fantastic this morning, my desert times, a lot of times, are marked with me being around spiritual people, coming to church, doing the right thing, and never feeling like that, um, like that healthy, like, like, uh, uh, you know, sting of conviction, you know, like when you hear something and, you know, like sometimes you hear, you read the Bible, you hear somebody say something, you have a close friend that says something and you get like a lump in your throat because you're like, I don't like how that sounds. See, my, that's how I know I'm in the desert a lot of times when I've stopped having that happen, when that lump isn't there anymore, when I'm just like, no, nah, this is being a disciple is easy. Like I got it down. I don't have to be challenged by anything. But there are some things, that lump is a good thing. I know it is for me. It's been that way for a long time. That lump that I'm going, oh, I don't like that. And, you know, when we start looking at this going, unconditional discipleship, you mean it can't be on my terms? Like, I want Jesus to be Lord as long as it's my way. As long as I don't have to be around people. I, I want Jesus to be Lord unless it's around everybody I agree with. Devote a community is that one that probably gives a lot of us, like, you get a deep, like, oh, I, I don't know, like, oh, okay. And here's the thing about this is we talked on Wednesday, and I hope maybe you did get a little lump in your throat, but I want to be very clear about something. When you read about the community that Jesus calls us to, all right, uh, he takes it to an even greater level than we talked about on Wednesday. Really, I mean, when you start talking about every member belongs to one another, an individualistic society does not like that, yeah. all right? And that's what we have, all of us, listen, if, 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 if we think we haven't been infected by individualism, we are fooling ourselves. This is, the United States is a melting pot individualistically, which is, it's about me and myself and, uh, and, and who hurts me, and it's all about what I want, when I want it, and I don't want to collaborate unless it's going to have an end that will benefit me. All right, so we're all in it, okay? And that's one thing to remember is we haven't, but I would encourage you, let there be a little lump in your throat. Not because a group or a guy says something, but the Bible should do that. Yeah. 
where we're going, wow, you're asking me to do something that my sinful nature is fighting so desperately against. One of my favorite things, this is one of my all-time favorite things about being in the Clemson Foothills, Foothills Church. One of my favorite things is that, you know, when we come together as a group, nobody has to be convinced to want to follow Jesus. I love that. That doesn't mean you do it perfect. That doesn't mean that there doesn't have to be challenges. That doesn't mean that there doesn't have to be, sometimes we have to nudge one another. But that's, the, that's a beautiful thing to be around a group of people who say, no, even when, even when it's hard for me, even when I'm in the desert, no, 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 no. You don't have to convince me that I want Jesus. That's a really great, I hope you're grateful for that too because that is a special thing that, that you know, people don't have to be drug, kicking and screaming, no, I don't want you. It's like, no, I want to get there, but it's really hard sometimes. I, I want to get there. That's what I hear a lot. I want to get there, but man, that lump in my throat, it's scary sometimes. You want to know what? That's okay in a community. That's way okay in a community, right? To go, that's scary, but you don't have to convince me to follow Jesus, all right? That's a, that is such a great thing. Um, but anyway, I hope that that happens more and more, that we get kind of the lump in our throat, that we have to go home and, 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 and kind of go, okay, me and Jesus, we're, we're going to have to get on the same page because I don't know if I like so much your view of community. I don't know if I like so much your view of disciple making. I don't know if I like so much your view of discipleship, okay? So that's always a good thing. But we look at these things, and I don't know how, in any way, shape, or form, anyone that was going to say, I'm going to follow Jesus, couldn't be completely just desiring and yearning and longing and running after these things. I don't know anybody that could say, I don't want one of those, and I'm still going to follow Jesus. So although we're saying this is a part of our community at the same time, I'm saying, I don't think you can, it, you can follow Jesus and eliminate any of these things, okay? Um, I, I certainly would never be a part of a group that this wasn't core. I just wouldn't do it, all right? Because it's not Jesus we'd be following, okay? So my goal isn't, and I think sometimes we, we, we need some clarification. My goal isn't to come up here and tell you what everybody else isn't doing. Our goal of core four values is to get on the same page with what we are doing, okay? That's a very different thing, okay? We can't be a community of people trying to not be everyone else, all right? We've got to be a community of people going, no, no, that's Jesus. That's where we're going. But, but my church does this. That's okay. I'm, I'm in a community that's doing this, though. We're not trying to not be something else, if that makes sense, right? And so the, these core values are like building blocks, all right? They, they really are, okay? And here's, here's what I'll show you is, you may sit here and go, I'm really having a hard time being a disciple maker the way Jesus is, okay? And there may be some reasons for that. Maybe you have to unlearn some things. Like maybe in your head, you think if you're not baptizing someone every like fourth week that you're flawed in some way, okay? But a disciple maker is somebody that follows a process of helping somebody in a mature way start from the beginning and walk with Jesus, okay? And there's a whole lot of obedience that goes into that, all right? If you're struggling with that, Here's what I would encourage you, and this is what I love about these values. Your problem really probably isn't as a disciple maker. It's probably in their community. You need to look and go, how devoted am I to my community? Like, how, how much am I forgiving and loving? And, and, and how, much, how willing am I to be inconvenienced in my relationships? How willing am I to do that? Or am I, am I just kind of like, I'm over here on the side doing my thing? And I can't help anyone become a disciple. Well, it's not a disciple-making issue. It's a community issue. If you're going, I'm really kind of wrestling in my community. Chances are it's an unconditional discipleship issue. To go back and go, hold on a minute. Am I, are there conditions? And that's, that's why I'm kind of clashing 
That's why I'm struggling in a community because I have conditions on my discipleship. And my conditions are only people that I agree with and like and make me happy and say what I want them to say. I go, hold up, I need to repent and become an unconditional follower of Jesus in, in the way he asks. And if you're having trouble with that, I'd go another rung up and go, am I saturated in the gospel? Like if I have conditions on my followership of Jesus, maybe this just isn't good news for me anymore. It's not really good news. Why would I be unconditional? Like I have a condition to my discipleship because I need to be happy. Because I don't want to go somewhere I don't want to go. It's not good news anymore. And so this is such a valuable building block, okay? And so really for the better part of two years, we started with the first two, okay? And it hadn't even been presented this way, but we spent a lot of time on what it is to be a disciple, what is the gospel, okay? These foundational principles, these building blocks, if you try to build, you know, you all played Jenga before, right? You know how that foundation, when, when, when the foundation underneath it starts getting like it's just one block, and you're going, oh man, and now I've got to put it, and it gets all shaky. Sometimes we can have that as disciples when it comes to these core values, where you're like, I really want to make disciples, I really want to make disciples, but the gospel, like, it's a word. I'm not super motivated by it. I don't, I'm not, like, overflowing with this good news. I don't read my Bible like it's the gospel. I don't interact with people like it's the gospel. I don't love people the way Jesus loved me, all right? And going back and going, man, we can build, like, a Jenga set. Our spiritual life can be that way, all right? So these are just really foundational principles that hopefully you can build on as well. And like I said, everything really starts with this, of being saturated in the gospel. That's the question. That answers the question, why do we do what we do? <coughs> why, why would I deny myself? If somebody were to ask you that, why, why on earth would you deny yourself? Like, you are you. Don't let somebody tell you that you should deny yourself. I mean, that's kind of the, the, the spin today. Don't let somebody make you feel like there's something wrong with you. Den don't deny yourself. But doesn't it make the most sense? What if you were to tell them the story of a guy that rescued you and a God that didn't forget you and didn't leave you behind in your worst moments? You know, it's funny. In a worldly sense, we'd be like, you owe a debt to that person for the rest of your life. I mean, if it was like a superhero thing, right, we'd be like, oh, are you crazy? You're going to just forget about that and live your own life after, after what so-and-so did here in the world? But, you know, the gospel is such a greater story. But if I were to tell you that story and go, that's it. Shouldn't I deny myself? Shouldn't it not be about me when the gospel is real? I think reasonably you would go, well, yeah, that makes the most sense. Why would you? Why if that's true? Why if God really was like, no, I want you. I'll rescue you. I'll adopt you. I'll redeem you, which we went all the way back up here. This verse in Titus 2, this is kind of a really key verse of all four principles. All four values are in here. But it's this idea of he gave himself for me. It's funny, he didn't say, he, he gave himself for us. It's huge. It, us and me, that's, a, that's very different, all right? Because here's the deal is, is, is my sinful nature just wants it to be about me. He said he gave himself for us to redeem, which is ransom. He paid a ransom, okay? We were held, we were held hostage, and, and they said, here's the cost, and the gospel says, Jesus said, I will pay that for that person. Well, the cost is the blood of your son. All right. Isn't that amazing that that happened at some point? Going, no, no, no. We look around the world and go, that person's worthless and useless. And he's a fool and he's this and he's that and all those things. And God is going, no, no, no. But I paid for him by the blood of my son. All right. 
That, that's an amazing good news. At, at our worst, he's like, no, no. He did this to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse, to cleanse for himself, right? That, that's unconditional. That's for himself. That was the purpose. He cleansed us for himself, a people for his own possession. He says, I now, I have bought you. When you've decided you want to follow me, when you repent, when you're baptized, when you faithfully follow him, that you have said by your own will, I want to be that person's possession. I want to be God's possession, not mine any longer, eager to do good works. And a lot of times we mistake the good works because we think, did Jesus just die so we would really be good people? Instead of going, the good works in the New Testament are about reconciliation and redemption it it really goes back to the first thing that he came and redeemed us that is his good work redemption and reconciliation all right and so anyway this is that when it comes down to this and we're saturated in the gospel everything else makes sense of what jesus is asking for us even when we have like the lump in our throat okay the lump in your throat is not a bad thing all right because it helps us kind of work through this so anyway um, we've talked about that the saturated in the gospel is the why. I love what Ben said when he preached. Um, you know, there are certain things I'll write down and go, I have to drive this into my head. I've got to drive this into my head. And, and, and Ben reminded me of it the other morning. He said, the statement, really the statement that comes from being saturated in the gospel is then everything we read can be, we can insert for this reason, now this. Be, because of the gospel, for this reason. Somebody goes, why would you do that? For this reason, I can, have, I can be unconditionally following Jesus. For this reason of the gospel is why I'm devoted to my community, even when it's not like other communities. For this reason. I love that. That's just really helpful. That was helpful for me. And, um, and, and so th- there was just this, there was a really interesting thing that I learned this week that I felt like was, for me, was a little bit of a game changer. Hopefully it is for you too, okay? Um, you can turn over in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, okay? Um, th- this is something that I hope will help us kind of like work through the, the you know, the, the soup that we're all marinating in of individualism. I, I think if we don't really pay close attention to our own individualistic tendencies, our own love of... Now, let me be very clear about something. There's a difference. There's, there's two words I'm going to give you that I think are really, really, really important. Um, one is individualism, okay? And one is individuation. Let me tell you the difference between those two, okay? Individualism is something that's rooted in, I'm going to be me no matter what, and I don't care about the other people around me. Individuation is... I'm different than the other people in my group and I'm not there's not a need to change my personality there's not a need to change if you're an artistic person or if you're a logistical person or is individuation is using your differences for the betterment of a community You, you see how the two are really important because if 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 it's just if this individualism is just kind of all everyone is about themselves individuation is oh so you're saying Josh doesn't have to be exactly like Chris. But as long as, because God built Josh differently with different likes and dislikes, different talents and different gifts. His goal isn't to try to be like Brent. 
Jennifer's goal isn't to let me go ahead and be like Jessica. All right. It's this idea of, no, God has individually created us with likes and dislikes and differences. Differences how we view things. Type A personalities, type B personalities, artistic, more, more logistical, and all this kind of stuff. And going, no, 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 be you, all right, in a community that adheres to those core principles, okay? So it's that <laughs> idea of it's not about personality change. And it's not about just everybody trying to act the same way as everyone else. But it's that idea. So individuation is so important in a healthy community. All right? Because if the goal is just let's get rid of individualism and then everybody, you all just act the same. Let's pick somebody we're going to all try to be like. We'll be Riley. Let's all try to be just like Riley, okay? Everybody. And, and could, could, I'm going to use that as an example because one of the things, I mean, y'all know Riley. I mean, just, just a burst of energy and happiness and all this kind of stuff. But could you see how, an, how a community could be unhealthy if we said, guys, let's not be individualistic, okay? Let's all be just like Riley, and so we're going to imitate everything about him because that's the right way to be in a community of Jesus, okay? And now you, you, you think that's funny, but actually that has happened in the past. And, and so you think, oh, that would never happen. But believe me, okay? The, the goal isn't let me pick somebody out and imitate them. It's the idea of as a group of people who are different, let's come together and imitate Jesus. Yeah. Okay? That's, I just need to highlight that, okay, just so we're very clear on that. Um, so anyway, Colossians 3. In, in the 1920s, there was a, a man in the British Parliament. Um, his name was Lord John Moulton. Okay? And it's fascinating. It, this is just what I've been reading about. This guy is really interesting. And um, one of his statements, one of his kind of his thesis about a community, about a healthy civilization, is there are really three basic parts to a community, okay? One is a healthy community has to come together and have, like, actual laws. Like, we have to agree that some things are just wrong, okay? Some of those for us are, like, murder, right? I mean, those are the kind of things, vandalizing people's property, stealing cars. I mean, as a community of Americans... We come together and say there are specific laws, all right? And those are kind of simple, right? I mean, you're going, oh, don't do those, and you're okay. And then there's another group of, of uh, kind of a, another subset in a community of freedoms. And, and we know our Bill of Rights and our freedoms of the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion. And those are things that people can't take away from you, that a community comes together and said, we're going to agree on all of these freedoms, okay? And then... And that's simple as well, to a certain degree. Lord John Moulton said there's a very important thing that separates healthy communities from unhealthy. There's a very, very, very important subset in there, okay? And the subset is what he calls obeying the unenforceable. Okay, I, I want you to write that down. I want you to think about that for a second. Is there are, there, there are communities that everyone could just say, okay, I know what the legal law is, and I know what the legal freedoms are, and as long as we practice those and don't practice the other, we're going to have a good society. He says, actually, though, there's a subset in every community of things that will make your community healthy but can't be enforced. And it's really interesting is the call of Jesus to us that the most vital part of a healthy community is asking me and you individually 
to behave and to live and to follow him in a way in, in areas that cannot be enforced by human beings. Okay, let me give you an example here in Colossians 3. And there is a ton of these things in here in the New Testament, but I did chose, choose Colossians 3 just to uh, highlight this area here. Colossians 3, verse 12, you can read along with me here. It says, Therefore, God's chosen ones, holy and loved, put on heartfelt compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience accepting one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of the Messiah, to which you are also called in one body, control your hearts. Be thankful. Let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, and singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right? That is a meaty section. If you'd like another one that's probably equally as meaty as Romans 12, 5 through like 20, right in there, that whole section of love must be without hypocrisy <laughs> and pursue hospitality and all of these Um, there are a number of things though in our Bible right here that God says absolutely don't do those things what are they you go ahead and name the first one I'll take it out off the board murder right he says Aubrey you can't kill your roommate okay you cannot do it you can't find it you don't okay and Aubrey knows okay I got that one don't kill don't, don't murder my roommate. What's another thing that you know and that you live as a disciple that God says, clearly, I will legislate this. Don't do this. Right. Don't be immoral. All right. That, that's it. I mean, here, here's the truth of the matter is, is if, if you're in a community living in a sexually immoral way, that can totally be like legislated among the community. The community could come together and go, you can't live that way. And the Bible is absolutely clear. You've got to stop that behavior. All right? If, if you walk in, India walks in and she says, yeah, you know, I murdered somebody today. The community can come together and go, you cannot do that in this community. All right? And go find a community that maybe they're okay with. Hopefully those don't exist. All right? But the community can come together and say, absolutely not. You can't practice that behavior. Okay? What else? You can't do it, okay? You, you can't come in here and go, you know, I had such a great worship time this morning. Like, like there's a week away from Clemson football. And, and I brought out my tiger shrine. And, and just I just worshipped in front of that thing and just prayed that God was going to give us win. That's totally the extreme. I don't think anybody did, did that this morning. If you did, please, you know, get some help on that. All right? But the thing about it is, 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 is you, that's not no-go. You can't go between gods. You can't go between, and, and, and there's a lot of nuance in there too, right? I mean, that gets, gets into places where we're like, oh, no, I worship th- some things, but I'm not going to say that to anybody, okay? But yeah, okay. What else is something that, the, that God is saying, you cannot do this behavior in my community? Lie. Stealing. You cannot do those things, okay? Isn't it interesting? So many of those things that are like the absolute right and wrong, that's exactly what the Pharisees did to show that they were actual God followers. They said, our community is going to be about actually only doing 
those things. And when, but isn't that, can't we do that? Like you probably have just like everyone kind of this boundary marker spirituality where there's probably five or six things in your life that you would go, as long as I don't do those things, I am okay with God. And they might be different for every single person. You, you may go, okay, these five things, as long as I do a quiet time, invite somebody each week, go to church, do these five things, I'm good. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Right? I'm going to say to Jesus, lots matters other than that. Yeah. Right? But, but it, here's what can happen on the other side. I know sometimes when we say that, that can really like, soothe the ears sometimes because we go, yeah, that, see, that's why I don't do quiet times. <laughs> no, 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 that's why I don't go around the community because I don't want to be like those people. Like, no, no, no. You don't throw one out to get the other. You've got to have those, okay? I mean, that's the reason why Jesus told the Pharisees, like, no, keep doing what you're doing, but stop neglecting what you're supposed to do. Yeah. All right? And so just I, I know that that can be like a great protester thing where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do any of that stuff, you know? Here's what I'm saying is, is if you've got those five boundary markers, I'm going to say, hey, build a deep conviction on those. Don't get rid of them. All right. But build a deep conviction on those. But don't neglect the unenforceable qualities. Okay. And what are unenforceable qualities we're reading about here? Hey, put on heartfelt compassion. Did you realize you could come into this church every day for the rest of your life and there isn't anybody going, you ain't putting on heartfelt compassion. Come on, gather up. We all see it. How do you enforce that? How do you do it? I know we've tried. You know, it's always great going, no, I can tell. No, you can't. (laughs) You can't, okay? No, no, I, I know when you aren't, okay? This is what's so amazing about the discipleship that Jesus calls us to. It would have been probably so much more efficient if he would have just said, hey, there are these measurable things that you have to accomplish and that are so black and white that there can be no disunity and just follow those. Except he says, no, this is exactly what Liz was talking about is I want to find out where your heart is, though. Will you obey the unenforceable? Oh, you can make me come to church, but you ain't going to make me love people. <laughs> you, you can make me give my money. I ain't going to like it. No, 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 no. You, you want to make me? Okay, come on. You want to make me go to cross training? That's okay. You make me go to cross training. I'm not going to learn nothing. Because no one can enforce it. You could sit here, and you don't know what? Adults, it's the same way. Oh, you can make me go, uh, you know, we talk about, Jacob talked about tailgate. Oh, you can make me go to a tailgate party, but I'm not going to have fun at it. Okay. <laughs> All right? Because no one can enforce that. We don't have those police officers. You're not having fun. You better, come on, let's have some forced family fun. That was a good one, wasn't it? Like, everyone come together and have some fun, right? When you try to, when you try to enforce the unenforceable, your community gets weird. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets weird because it's like, hey, you're happy, right? Come on, Ben, smile. Let's go. Oh, my goodness, man. This is just so weird. All right? Because the truth of the matter is, is if you have to be coaxed into living into the unenforceable, understand something. You'll get away with it for a short period of time. You won't make it. You won't get away. Everything will come to light. And I'm not talking about judgment. I'm talking about that's just how life is, okay? There isn't a lie that you've told that somebody's not going to figure out at some point. All right? It's not a judgment thing. That's not like, oh, at the end. I'm just saying, have you ever noticed that? 
You probably haven't had a lie in your life. And if you have, you're going, no, no, this is a big one. No one will ever find out about this. Believe me, they will. Yeah. It will come up in some way. All right? And so that, that's all I'm saying is, is, is trying to fool or fake God out just ain't going to work. Yeah. All right? And so it's amazing that Jesus said, I'm going to have a people. And, and understand this from Jesus' words here and his thought. Not, not from a humanistic point of view, but Jesus saying, I am, not Keith, Jesus is saying this. I am so awesome and so incredible and so graceful and so merciful and such a rescuer and such a redeemer and such a, like, a rest, like at your worst moments, I was the only one that was here for you. He, he could say that, okay, and go, now, now here's what I'm going to do is, is, is that is so great. When you get me, you're going to want to do this stuff. Like it's going to make sense to go, oh, yeah, I, I should love other people. I should do that. Now, am I saying, like, wait till you feel like obeying God? It's not what I'm saying. All right? I'm not saying wait till you feel like it. But I'm <laughs> saying if you, if you aren't, quote, unquote, feeling like it, chances are the gospel message has been lost. That's a, or, or there's some hardness there that is keeping that gospel from seeping in. Because he's going, no. I, listen, y'all, you remember, the story, remember in Job when God and Satan kind of had that conversation? And God, Satan is like, hey, that guy down there has everything. And, and, and Satan said, I bet you anything, if I start striking him down, he will curse your face. And God said, not that guy. No, 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 no. Listen, I, go for it. Now, you know what? God could have manipulated the whole scenario and gone like, okay, let me get down there and have some really great quiet times with Job and get him ready. He's just like, no, that dude, well, believe me, he knows me, Okay. And, and, and that's exactly what Jesus is saying to people who will follow him. It's like, those guys, I don't have to have like an enforcement of these things. When you know me, this is the ethic you're going to live. It, there's nothing else that makes any sense. So you're, if you're waiting, this is the scary part. If you're waiting for something <laughs> to be legislated, a lot of times we like that. Just tell me the things I have to do so I can do them. Right? Right, that's the big red flag that I, I don't choose to do anything that's unenforceable. I'm not choosing that. I want it to be something enforced on me. No one can make you be humble. You go, no one can make you feel gentle, be gentle. You look at all of these things. No one can make you forgive. So there's not a legislation for that. Let the message of the Messiah dwell richly in you, okay? What does that look like when somebody's not doing that? Can you tell me? Like when you walked in, could you tell? Did you go, Byron, I can really tell today that you're not letting the message dwell richly in you. You can't tell. There's no enforcement of it, okay? Right, right. Now your spouse, that's a different case, okay? Could you imagine a time in interaction with Jesus where you're going, that stuff's not important to me. Like, I'm, I'm, Jesus, I'm going to stay out of trouble. I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to be sexually immoral. I'm not going to steal things. And I'm going to go to church every Sunday. But this other stuff, Jesus, I'm not doing it. Okay? We have just really put ourselves in the same category as, as the Pharisees, yeah. which is I'll do what can be legislated, but I will not dig in. I will not let the lump in my throat kind of like, I won't deal with that. I won't do those things. It's obedience 
to the unenforceable, okay? And so when you read, think of how many times we are called individually, right? When Ben got up this morning, it wasn't okay for me to call him and go, okay, Ben, what'd you learn today? And tell me, tell me about it so I can go. It's everybody in a community. That, that's what ultimately Lord John Moulton, that's what he was saying is, when everyone in a community says, I will obey the unenforceable, is when you have a truly healthy community, all right? Which is fascinating, okay? But here's the deal is, we do have to kind of get this, as we've said each week, you got to get the ball rolling, man. You got to get the rock started. It's not okay to go, you know what's really cool? This theory of obeying the unenforceable. Like at some point, we've got to go, hold on a minute. This rock has to start rolling down the hill. We've got to, and sometimes it takes a lot of, usually less physical work and more kind of spiritual and emotional kind of time to get this done. This is what I'd like for us to do, okay? The, the starting point is two places. Um, here, here's the thing that deceives me more than anything. When I am not self-aware, all right, I will not obey the unenforceable. That doesn't mean self-conscious. That doesn't mean selfish. That means that you want to know what? I, I know the way I run. I know the insecurities. I know the strengths. I know the weaknesses. I know those things. Maybe not all of them. But I have an idea of how I run. I have an idea of when I get defensive. I have an idea of when I'm trying to fool people. I have an idea. Like I get like my internal temperature. Okay. My fear is sometimes if we don't know who we are, then it's going to be very frustrating. And this is strengths too. You know what? Every strength me and you have, there's like that side of it that's not good. Right? Isn't that true? Yeah. That's absolutely true. And then the humility of of being aware and going, you know what? <laughs> Let me just be real clear about my tendencies. Like, this is a strength of mine, but I can see where this can really get me in hot water. And being humble enough to go, man, this is, when it comes to obeying the unenforceable things of humility and gentleness and patience and all these things, man, there are parts of Keith, even my strengths, that can war against and become weaknesses. And we're going to look into that a little bit more. But the humility of going, I don't have it all on straight. I, I just don't. I, I want to, but I don't have it. We don't have it. That's a starting point. Um, here's what I'd like for you to do. This is just a little kickoff. You can take this home with you. If, can you pass us? This is something I want you to do today, all right, at some point. Is these are just, just a generic list of characteristics, just, a, just kind of this generic thing. There's no spiritual value to this, okay? So don't think that this is like, oh, man, Keith said these are the only ones that matter, okay? No, no, no. This is just, guys, remember, we're just trying to get the ball rolling, okay? Is this idea of going, okay, let me live in a place where I'm not just repenting of what's legalistically right or wrong, but I'm living in a repentant community where I'm trying to get my heart right when it comes to things that can't be enforced by other people that God has given me and you personal accountability for, okay? And, and all this, you know, all this list is, can I see your list right here? Is, is, uh, is what I want you to do today is just circle at some point, not now, um, circle your top 10. And not all these are great on here. Some of them are like, some are like rude. Some of them are, are you know, rude, uh, disagreeable, you know, selfish. Okay, I mean, so circle, t- circle your top 10. You don't have to put them in order, but circle your top 10. And then double circle. you got to get down to your top five. And I want you to, to order those. 
Like, what's your number one, what's your number two, what's your number three, four, and five? Okay. This is just exercise. This isn't, this isn't Jesus on, on, you know, the mountain going, if you don't do this, okay? I'm just saying, if you want to get the ball started. Um, and, and you've got to have a little bit of time to go, okay, which of those are some, maybe some good qualities to have? For instance, um, timid is, well, let's do this, shy. Um, some of you are shy and some of you are outgoing. What would be something in a community that would be very valuable to have sh- people who are shy? What, what's a valuable characteristic in a community about having people who are naturally shy? Can you tell me any? I can think of a lot. If uh, some new person is coming around and they're kind of hanging towards the corner, yeah. the shy people are going to go seek them out while the yeah. more extroverted people are going to be in the center. Yeah, there, there is that idea of, of an empathy even, right? Uh, there's an, there can be an empathy to other folks who are shy. That's great. What else would you say that is so valuable if this is a characteristic of yours? Intuit, being intuitive. Right. Right. The extroverts just kind of <laughs> diarrhea of the mouth. Just <laughs> The shy is kind of like, I'm, I'm willing to, like, let me, I don't speak first. Thoughtful. Yeah. Now, now. Yeah, maybe maybe humble. I mean, I know shy, arrogant people too, but partially sometimes. Right? But but what I'm saying is, it's not the the goal isn't to go. Okay, I need to stop being shy. It's the idea of going. You know what? This is this can be very valuable in a community, and and God's goal isn't to get you to not be shy. That wasn't His call in discipleship. But let me ask you this: Can you think of a not so great strength in a community of of people being shy like a flat side right it's just kind of like man this is not comfortable for me i'm going to sit over here i don't want to do it so there can be a self-centeredness okay self what self-awareness does isn't to go what's bad and what's good is to go man you know what my number one thing is shy and this can be very valuable when it's given to jesus to be used in the community right but also i could really probably hurt my community with it as well and so that gives me an idea now of how to obey the unenforceable. How do I look at it and go, oh, that could really kind of get in the way of me being kind of hospitable. That can really get in the way of me being warm and welcoming to people. And going, okay, Jesus will help me with that. That doesn't mean I have to stop being shy, right? It's just giving me an awareness of who I am. So you have shy, you have um, a fighter. Right here, right here. A fighter. Okay, so what's great? What's great about that? Like in a community, what's great about having a fighter? They'll fight for people when people are kind of slinking off to the side. Yes. Try to bring them back. They can stand up for their beliefs. Yeah, I mean, they're bold. Yeah, I mean, you have a fighter there, not going to back down. Man, I'm going to be in your face. You know, and, and, okay. Now, here's the thing is, if that's just the ultimate characteristic, and you're going, there's nothing bad about being fighters. We should all be fighters. No. <laughs> okay? What could be a flat side? If you're going, that's me, number one, I'm a fighter. Okay, be very clear. What could be the flat side of what you bring to the community? Dude, I'm in everyone's face all the time. Right? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing that? You know, you're like a rooster, man. You're just like, ah! You know, it's just like, goodness gracious. I was going to say, uh, they, they can be bullies. Right. It's that idea of going, man, 
all right? So it's that idea of, man, the shy person. It's not a matter of going, oh, let me be like totally like no deep convictions. It's like, listen, if you're built as a fighter, your blood boils. Okay, it, it does, but you've got to obey the unenforceable. You've got to go, you want to, this, this wars against everything I'm hearing about gentleness or <coughs> forgiveness. Or, you know, we, fighters like penance. Fighters like people to go, okay, I'm angry. I'm not going to be unangry until you, you're different. You're in the doghouse, okay? That hurts a community, yeah. right? Knowing ourselves helps us to it. We've got to do this. We've got to know this. Um, you know, th- those are a couple of, like, uh, different ones. Anybody else have one that you were looking at and you are going, man, that one, uh, maybe not is me, but it's interesting? Huh? Wild. Okay. Thank you. That was a great one. Is there room for wild people in the community of faith? Yeah. Man, I hope so. Or we're just sitting around going, you watch what movie? That thing's PG-13. I read an article. They were going to make a rated R, and you watched it. You know, you're going, oh, my goodness, man. Live on the wild side a little bit. Man, it's, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you know what I'm saying. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but here's the deal is, is listen, I'm going to tell you, the wild people is what makes it fun. If they are under the lordship of Jesus, that, that's awesome, okay? But oftentimes, we, want, we even want to go, no, no, don't be wild. Like, no, calm down, bro. Calm down. No, not so much fun, man. Why are you smiling so much? You know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Is there a flat side? If you're going, man, I, I have some friends. You may have some friends. You're going, they're wild. I can't bring them. You're going, no, 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 no. You got to bring them, okay? But could there be a flat side that you may have to have a conversation? What's a flat side to that? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Come on, take it. Get over here. We're going to sing YMCA. Let's go. You know? and you're going, uh, they take the shy person. The shy person's like, ah. You know, here's what, here's what I share with people all the time, and I think he had such a profound impact on me when it comes to this, is many of you guys remember Jonathan Balcom. Yeah. Okay. I remember the first time I met Jonathan Balcom. We came here in our job interview. And I remember thinking the most impressive thing about the community that we met, the most impressive thing was we all went to spill the beans together, the whole campus group. And I remember watching Jonathan Balcom, who is has some issues in his life, issues with autism and different things like that, super shy, had his little hat on, you know, his, is the top hat and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, you want to know what? This group, he interacts and is such a full-on, loving, compassionate, vital part to this ministry. And I think to the world, Jonathan's just a quiet kid that sits over in the corner. That was the most impressive thing to me when I came here. I was like, I watched people go around and bring him in. Now, you would kill Jonathan if you were like, come on, dude, let's go karaoke, woo! (laughs) You know, he would be gone okay so the wild people you got to be like dude you got to chill out all right sometimes so there's a flat side to these things okay but 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 these right here man there's there's good there's bad we got to be self-aware we got to have some humility pick your top 10 narrow it down to your top five and then here's the deal is is here's here's the other side of it and again i can't enforce this be intentional enough to pick somebody and go, dude, we need to talk about this. Okay. I want to sit down and talk to you about what I'm learning. And here's the unenforceable question I'm going to ask you to ask. Do you agree? Do you see these things in me the way I do? Because here's the thing about this. The way I see me is very different than the way other people see me. Okay. Uh, it's that idea of like I can have a picture in my head and, and here's how it can be played out sometimes have you ever looked at a picture of yourself 
And you're like, that doesn't look anything like me. <laughs> okay. But you know what's funny is? No one else says that. No one else is like, dude, that doesn't look anything like you. They're like, no, that's exactly what you look like. But we look at ourselves and we're like, oh, no. When I look in the mirror, I see such and such. Then you see a picture that looks nothing like me. And, and, and everyone else, that's what I'm asking you to do. Does this look like me? They may go, uh, you, you missed something. <laughs> you, you missed something here. Like, like, let's go back. Why don't you do that exercise again? <laughs> okay. And just getting some help, all right, as we're looking at this. And, and here was one of the things, like in my journal, just even bullet pointing it of, of going, okay, I'm being told to put on, like that's a command, put on heartfelt compassion. Um, when I know me, um, man, <coughs> my, my, I, I think to a certain degree my strength can be, dude, it's black and white, do it, stop whining. Okay. That's valuable in some cases. Mm-hmm. All right. When it comes to heartfelt compassion, that makes it very hard to be compassionate at a heart level. And if I don't know that about myself, I'm just going to either ignore this and go, no, but, but I didn't rob anybody today. But, but I didn't go and kill anybody. I, I go back to my own little world of what righteousness is instead of going, no, no, dude, you, this is the heart of Jesus. Yeah. Th- there is no condition to this discipleship. Okay. I mean, you can go and bullet point it. Kindness, humility, and am I obeying the unenforceable? As I study my Bible, am I, am I obeying that? Those things that a human being wouldn't see in me. But Jesus is going, no, um, you're in the valley or you're on the mountain or you're on this journey, wherever you are, this is exactly where you need to be. Are you just waiting for God to discipline you into obedience? Or is it like, no, I hear you. I'm saturated with the gospel. I love this junk. It's hard. I get that lump in my throat, but I'm following you in every case. And just, again, it's this idea of why would we do this? It's for the reason of the gospel. It's too good. It's too good. That's the thing this week. To get, and that just gets the ball rolling. That just kind of gets it rolling. And let's see where the Holy Spirit takes it, okay? But that's my encouragement for us.